when I teach museum studies at St. John Fisher, my key thing in the museum world is making sure that anything you bring back to the museum is without a shadow of a doubt an authentic object, an artifact, because once you bring it back, you're sort of stuck with it once it's been numbered and cataloged or whatever, so making sure that you really have the correct thing. Now, in this instance, I first saw this bed in 1997, but we didn't actually get it back here into the collection until 2016. Over the years, and I've been here 36 years, but my um, involvement with restoration didn't start until 1989. And we opened up the house fully restored on the first floor in 1990. And it was at that point in time, because of the publicity we had done and some made-for-TV movies on George Eastman and the house restoration, that many of Mr. Eastman's relatives started to contact me. And it was wonderful because all of these people, I now have a nice family tree of all of the different relatives. And of course, once talking to them and visiting with them and showing them around this place, many of them were intrigued by what they might have in their own homes, things they had inherited from their family over the years that might be an original Eastman piece. So if they didn't invite me, I usually wheedled my way an invitation to get to their home and to be able to inventory what it was they've had. And for the most part, all of the people that you see here in color on those last two and three, I've been to their homes. We've looked through their things, and that's how many of those objects have been returned to the collection. One of the things I've also done is ended up staying on their Christmas card list. I will pass this around if anyone wants to see it. This is the Blessmans. You're going to hear a little bit more about them. But um, they want me to keep the family genealogy. So anytime there's a new kid born, we usually get an announcement so they can be added to the family genealogy. They know that we're probably better at keeping track of them than they are. So I do have, this is the last Christmas card I got in December from the Blessmans. They tell me all their activities and all the different things everyone in the family is doing. And I will pass, actually, we can pass it around and you can take a look at that. This is the Blessmans today. That's Stephen Blessman. He would have been the a great grandnephew of George Eastman. All right. That's his wife, Patricia, and that's Ben, their little son. They live in Chicago, which you can kind of see in the background there. But he was the first relative that actually came here in the 1990s to see the house restored. And he was the first person that invited me to Illinois to actually look and see what they had. This is the house that I've spent many um, an hour and actually weeks um, initially in 1997. This is located not in Chicago. It's in Mason City, Illinois. It is where Stephen's dad lives. And it was Stephen's dad and Stephen's mother that lived in this house. And that's where all of the Eastman artifacts um, ended up. I won't go into details today about what I found, but suffice it to say that an entire vault had been built down in their basement where all the china, crystal, silver, um, anything special jewelry was kept from the Eastman family. My belief to now, and I can say this sort of publicly, is I believe many of the Eastman things would have been auctioned off, sold in sales, if these things had remained in the Chicago, Illinois area, because it's close to antique dealers and appraisers. The fact that they moved it almost three hours outside of Chicago, in Mason City, where there's not much going on, no one wanted to go down to appraise or to look at the things. I was the first one that had seen it since it was packed from Eastman's home and sent to the Drydens in the 1950s in Chicago and then sent down here to Mason City. And so in this house and in this basement was where we found a lot of these, um, these objects. But today we're talking about the bed. I just wanted to also show you the remoteness. Mr. Blessman, Stephen's dad, actually um, grows 
um, crops on this farm and raises horses. And so it was very remote, very beautiful. This is a picture of what I looked almost 17 years ago with Mr. Blessman. You'll notice in the house, and this is why it was so fun for me, you'll see they have pictures of George Eastman and George Eastman's parents' paintings all over the place. So everywhere I was, there was something that looked like a museum, like back home, but in their own home. These were relatives, family members, and so all of that stuff was still in their, um, their living quarters. The first wave of gifts came back in 2005. I actually had Stephen drive all of the china, crystal, and silver and everything back to the museum. And that's what you see now on display in the dining room and in many of the other rooms in the house, all the different accessories that have come back. The very first time I saw this bed, it was a, a double bed, so to speak, um, and it is a four-poster mahogany bed, beautiful sort of carvings on each of the corner, and normally you would have a huge canopy, a cloth that would be hanging over and stuff. Um, I saw this in Mr. Blessman's home in Mason City. In fact, they actually um, had me sleep in it um, the first time I stayed, and the story always was by Stephen um, that he always slept in Uncle George's bed, okay? Um, and so I knew from original documentation that I had here for what Mr. Eastman had ordered for his particular room that it was sort of a double four-poster mahogany bed with the specific motif. But did I know they had other mahogany beds in this house as well? There was no way for me to figure out and prove that this was that mahogany bed. One of the things that was done when George Eastman died, his entire contents of the mansion was inventoried by a local company. And a tag like this, a little, it's a linen tag, it kind of looks almost ripped or torn here, but it's linen, and it was screwed in with a very special brass screw, you'll see that. It says Eastman House, the room you see is a little faded and has a number on it. Every object of furniture that I have gotten back off of antique dealers, auction houses, or whatever, in many instances still had a portion of this tag on there. Even if the whole tag fell off, nobody took the time to unscrew the screw. So nobody actually did that. So lots of times when I'm looking to identify a specific piece, do we actually find the whole thing, but usually there's a part of it left. The bedroom dresser that you see in the mother's room now actually has one of these original tags, and it had ended up at a uh, auction house in Atlanta, Georgia. So it still helps me to this day. I went under that bed with a flashlight. I was looking everywhere for the screw. I could not find anything, okay? So, and at this point in time, it was their guest room. So they definitely did not want to give away their guest room bed. They were using it and other people were staying and, and stuff in it, and I couldn't really prove it. So fast forward many years. Um, Stephen Blessman's dad is getting older now. He has moved to a smaller house, flat level, no up and down stairs. Okay, he's the gentleman I'll show you in a little while is now, I would say, almost 90 himself, still running the farm but not wanting to live in that large house. So they're starting to get rid of things in the house. And he went through these Kwanzaa huts. I'm showing you a picture of one. He actually has three that are chalk-filled with everything that, you know, American pickers? They would have a ball in this place. There is everything. There's old, um, you know, gas station signs, old baby carriages. There's just a million things in there. And as he was cleaning things out, either give them away or sell them or just throw them out, he came across a crate that was literally, when I tell you, there were tractors all around it. That's why he couldn't really get a very good picture. I actually 
took this picture when I went there to see it, but the, what he sent me was a lot darker, but you see how it says in purple, you see it says George in purple, Eastman, Canopy, although I think they spelled it wrong, bed. <laughs> All right, that was the packing material within a crate that was in this Kwanzaa hut. So it took him an, um, about a week just to get all the tractors and the dead equipment that was around it, hiding it, so he could remove it out. And then he sent me some better pictures of it, and it forced me to take a trip back again to Mason City, Illinois, to see if I could authenticate that the bed I saw in that guest room was really the bed that came in this particular crate. This is what um, Mr. Blessman looks like now when I went back. It was just, what, 2015, Jesse? Yeah, it was just a year or so ago before we packed it all up. But this, uh, so we had both aged, but thankfully all the stuff was still in good condition. Um, we then paid professional shippers and packers, art ones, from Chicago to go down the three hours to Mason City and it actually pack it all up professionally, not only the bed, but also the actual crate. Because even though the bed was important, the crate proved my provenance. It proved that that actually was George Eastman's bed, and I'm going to show you some tags that make that even clearer. So you can see here, it took a number of people. We took everything all apart. And Liz, who was here today taking pictures, actually took photographs of all of the tags and the things like that there. When we finally unearthed the whole thing, you will see these tags over here in this yellow tag. Those authenticated that it had been shipped from here, from, from 900 East Avenue in Rochester, New York, down to Mason City, Illinois, to the Dearborns, which were the Blessman grandparents. Okay, so it shows that provenance, and I think I have a closer view of one of the tags here. You can see it went to Mrs. Har Harvey Curry Dearborn, and then that's there in Chestnut Street. This particular woman, the grandma, actually did have an antique store, and I saw some of the little signs that she had in the antique store. She had many of the artifacts we have now back in the collection on display in the antique store she ran, but thankfully she never had price tags on them. So George Eastman's original negative, his first photo that we say was actually one of those things, but it was just labeled, thankfully did not have a price on it. She was not selling Fairly Heirlooms, but she was actually making sure that people understood she kind of knew her history and you know knew the value of things. So the tags helped tell the story, and so we were glad we got it back. Oops, okay, you can see the bed. This was just one piece. This is just the headboard. So it took a number of trips through the mansion all the way down from the loading dock in the other building. So we went over a quarter of a mile with this. Needless to say, we try to do this sort of thing on a Monday when we don't have visitors or tour groups, but it doesn't always work. So the next one is always the ultimate question. So when, now that you have George Eastman's bed back, when are you going to restore the bedroom? Okay. As soon as the made the newsletter that we had received the bed back in the collection, I started to get emails and questions from our docents because, of course, if you say that to the public, they all want to know. Years ago, my pat response was, well, we don't have the bed, so we couldn't restore the room because that would be the main, you know, sort of focal point within that room. So now I don't have that excuse anymore. So um, the discovery room, which is our main hands-on interactive space for kids, it's where we do all of the school groups, the activities or whatever, that is in the room that was George Eastman's bedroom. We call it bedroom E. All right. So 
we need to be able to relocate this educational space somewhere else in the museum in order to be able to do that restoration. And right now, since we have um, East Porch restoration and Colonnade restoration and a variety of other things going on with planning a new entrance here at the museum, we have more than enough construction projects underway that I think we would wait a little while before we do that. One of the things, though, I do want to share is that now that we have the bed, we actually have most of what we would need to do the restoration, and so I don't have probably, I think I made about 28 copies. Anyone that would like one of these, feel free. This is um, what I used as my sort of um, research when deciding what bedroom to restore years ago. We decided to do um, bedroom A, which was George Eastman's mom's room, and we did that because it was the only one left that had an existing bathroom. There was still a tub a sink, not a toilet. I had to find one, but we at least had some, and the plumbing was all still intact. Over the years, many of the bathrooms had been, you know, knocked apart and stuff to make gallery spaces, to make offices for people. That was the only one intact, and it also allowed us to show things from the collection, the legacy collection, that had to do with the mother and other relatives and friends of hers, things we couldn't put out in the house. So it was a way of showing new acquisitions. It was from the Blessman family and other relatives that we got things back of the mother so that we could put them out on display there. But now it is a consideration to do Mr. Eastman's room, and what I'll pass around is an estimate, and this is what, just look at the amount of money, how little it was to buy these things in the early 1900s when Eastman was furnishing this home. He spells out in here an estimate from the A.H. Davenport Company, the company he ordered most of his furniture from. And it tells not only how he would paint the room and how he would decorate it, but it has um, the cost of the four-poster mahogany bed, the draperies, the bedding. Um, they call it a toilet table, a clothes table, a cabinet, a bookcase, a writing table, a night table, a drop-leaf table, um, a desk chair in cotton, and a light chairs in cotton. All total, he did the whole room for $1,941. It would probably take me fifty dollars to $70,000 to do this, but I'm happy to share this information if you'd like it. I know some of the docents will. Nick, if you don't mind passing it around. And then I'll be happy to sort of take questions or whatever. I also wanted you to realize that when we decided years ago to do the mom's room, having the bedroom, bathroom, and closet sort of still together with some of the plumbing was key. But it was also one where we could show a whole suite of space. All the other bedrooms would be restored, but wouldn't have a bathroom or a closet near it. This was one of the few that we could actually do. But we have the research to actually do the re restoration on all the other rooms. George Eastman had 15 bedrooms. Okay, We wouldn't want to do all 15, but this binder is filled with all of that same information on bedroom B, C, D, E, F. So if we decided to do any of the others, we have Believe it or not, slides and actual snapshots, because it was before digital when I did this research, but we have all of these things here. So if we do plan future restoration, a lot of that research work is done. And now that we have more things back here in the collection from the relatives, that, res that um, restoration would be made a little bit easier. So, Can I answer any questions? I think this one was my last slide. Yes, Steve. Where was the bed located? My best guess, because we don't have a floor plan, and of course we have no photographs of that room, my guess, if I was putting the room, it would have been right across from the fireplace. It's a very large 
wall there and you would have the warmth from the fireplace right across from it. And then the other things that you see in the list for the room, I think would have been made in arrangements around the windows kind of thing, because the little door that now goes into our camera obscura would have taken you into his bathroom and into his closet. Okay. Other questions? Yes, Catherine. Um, at this point, no, but um, I think that that leaves then much of our archives building and other spaces up for grabs. That all still needs to be determined. We don't really know what we're doing yet. They're in the planning and thinking stage, but um, I know that we hope to have a better presence in that of George Eastman when people come and your choices so you know what the choices are when you walk into this place of the exhibits that we have, the movies that we have, all of those different things. But no, that has never come up in any of the discussions I've had about putting the discovery room there. Yeah, the easy space, solution. I don't think there would yeah. be enough space. Yeah. So, but other things. It would be great to have it more centrally located. Yeah. Other questions? Anything? Yes. I remember when his bedroom was set up like one of his camping <laughs> Yes. I know. Everybody likes it, and I hear that a lot. So, um, well, all of it has not gone away. It's all still in the collection. We have it on shelves or whatever, and we can pull it out for researchers or whatever. In 2004, when we celebrated his 150th anniversary, I had huge galleries in the archives building that we used for that show. And then we took parts of it and we put it in the mansion. Our new director wanted us to redo the house and make it look more vintage, make the rooms look more like they were in Eastman's time period. So that's why we went to the sitting room idea, where people can still see the room, but also have exhibits on George Eastman in there. So very large walls with animal heads and things like that and stuff ended up being put back in storage. The animal trophies actually are mostly on the third floor and that is where George Eastman did have them displayed. But if you're a member, you can go on an upstairs downstairs tour and you can still see those, but the general public literally looks at them from just down on the second floor looking up unless they become a member and go on some of those behind the scenes tours. Right. <laughs> yeah, most people aren't, but um, believe it or not, we have had a lot of people ask about the guns and the fishing things that we had out in there, and also we showed the movies of Eastman Safari. Now, for those of you who haven't been up to the second floor in a while, we now have a huge touch screen that allows you to watch all of George Eastman's home movies. So the movies that I showed of him on safari, him at Oak Lodge, him camping, all of those are there. You just need to touch the screen and you can watch them there. Kathy, what? The, it was also because of the the um, discovery room relocating. Right, and I, some of our docents, yeah. yeah. We've had the discovery room, I'll give you a bit of history here because I've moved that four or five times now. So when I first started here in education, the discovery room was in your cafe. And it was connected to here because I could use this for all kinds of audiovisual things. We actually had a little slot in here. Um, do you remember that, Caroline? Were you no. here? No, you weren't here that. Okay, so it was there. In the organ chamber. Oh, it was in the. Okay, when used it. So that was the first place. Second time we started, we restored the house, but we had just built the archives building. So in 1989 and 90, we moved it to the lower level one of the archives building, where your conservation classroom is now. Then we moved it from there. <laughs> up to where is now the North Organ Chamber. Okay, and then when Dr. Ziff was nice enough to give us the pipes for the North Organ, we restored that and moved the discovery room for its fourth time now to what is now George Eastman's bedroom. At the time we did that, 
we did not have the bed in the collection, nor did we believe it was Eastman's bed, and so we weren't ever even thinking about restoring the bedroom. But that kind of gives you a little bit of history. So if, this, if history proves itself correct, the discovery room could be removed another time, since that seems to be part of its history, because the function of it is very important, but its location in the facility doesn't really matter.